Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, as I always say, welcome to the Wim Hof Wednesdays. This is our 20th episode. We have a very special guest, a Wim Hof instructor, yes, as usual, as normal, that's what we do here, but also someone who's been into martial arts for over 60 years, someone who also understands what spiritual arts is, and he's also a shaman. Coming live from Cleveland, we have our fellow instructor who's going to share his wisdom, his years of insight, and answer questions that we want to know. And for me, this is my first time ever meeting a shaman, and I just can't wait to hear about the journey that has taken you there. Mark, I want to just uh, thank you for being here, and I want to also ask everyone if they can please use their right hand and their left hand and give a big round of applause for Mark for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mark. So please share, share. Yeah, what's going on? Talk to me a little. So we, we cover today's topic. Or are we going to talk about life for shamanism or Wim Hof yeah, or whatever you want? Yeah, let's 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 talk about life. I mean, you you you're in Cleveland. You're about to hit a snowstorm, and I think that makes you happy to that you get to oh, enjoy totally. the enjoy the cold. Oh, it totally does. I, you know, at the coffee shop this morning, we were leaving and the girl there said, we got a big storm coming. <laughs> You're going to be happy, you know, so, <laughs> uh, you know, my crew, my team outside cutting trees is not always happy about it, but uh, they're coming in early because it's going to be an ice storm before a snowstorm. So, you know, wow. we make arrangements, but I like the extremes. The extremes test you, you know, they test your, your body, your system, your mind, how are you going to handle it, you know, and uh, it's exciting. So I'm looking forward to it. That definitely. I like how you, you said that, that the extremes, they challenge us. And without them, without knowing what hot is, do we know what cold is? Without knowing what cold is, do we know what hot is? It's, you know, it's, it's going to sound crazy, but that little bit of pain or suffering can make us appreciate what really is to be in a good, peaceful place. So I, I really like how you put that in, into perspective. And yeah, you're so you're obviously known as the the guy who likes the ice, likes the cold and where you're from, would you say that's been that way for over 50 years? Would you say that's over 60 years or is this something that came time, into fruition? Our, our, my mother, you know, she had six kids and raised us alone. And she, uh, I was the last kid and, and she thinks she did for me. She didn't do for any of the other children, you know, putting me in martial arts. And I was constantly in a camp here, camp there. She didn't want me on the street. She knew I was a little wild and, uh, Boy Scouts, our Boy Scout leader used to take us out in the wintertime and say, set up a camp or die. He was an old military man. And, you know, he didn't really mean it, but we didn't know that as kids. And so we'd set up a camp before we died. And, uh, you know, it'd be in the middle of a blizzard. And, uh, you, you know, you wake up in your tent in the morning and you're freezing cold and you have to deal with it. And it, it, I thanked him later on in life. I said, you saved my life a hundred times. Wow. Um, teaching me how to survive. So it was well, you- all... Uh, all part of a journey, all yeah. part of a journey, everything you do in life. Definitely. Well, you thanked him and we just have Pablo who mentioned in the chat here that she's thanking you and we all thank you for being here. This is a true honor. I can't wait to hear more about your journey. And yeah, if you want to share what you you have prepared for us today, that would be amazing to hear. Yeah, it's uh, it's way, way further on in the journey, but it came into more of the, the spiritual arts, the spiritual healing part learning how to deal with people and and you know my master said if you if you don't know cold if you don't know hunger if you don't know hot 
then you don't know what people are feeling because people so often say, I know how you feel. I never use that statement because you do not know how people feel. You know how you feel about what you think about what they feel. So, you know, um, Hope and I get in this conversation a lot of times when somebody calls us and says they're having a problem in life. And we sit here at first in our human side and think, well, it's because their boyfriend quit them or because they lost their job or they have a bill to pay. But you can never really understand what that person is going through until you, you ask them and you know them. And even when you ask them, you're not going to always get the answer right away. That's where the that's where the 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 body movements and the things in their life and the words they use come into play because you have to use that. It's when I walk into a classroom and I say, hello, and how is everybody doing? Everybody says, fine. They always say fine. And it's not true. You know, everybody has something going on and that could be the something that you want to find out as a teacher, as an instructor to help them. Right. So uh, I try to tell the people like when we do the ice, and I'm working with the people in the, in the cold. And we were out last week. It was, um, I think it was 17 degrees Fahrenheit and the water was below freezing. Um, we had to crack through six inches of ice to sit. But I always ask people, you know, how you feeling? How you doing? What are you doing? But I watch as we're doing the breathing, I watch their body language. You know, are they, how are they using their hands? How are they using their feet? How are they doing their eyes, their mouth? How are they breathing? And I walk around and I watch every single thing, everything about them. So I know where they're at. Sometimes I'll pretend that I'm reaching over to grab their wrist to tell them something. I'm checking their pulse, but I don't say I'm checking your pulse. I say, Hey, how are you doing? I hold their hands and give a feel and see how they're doing. Um, other students or other people that go with us, I'll watch. And I know when they're getting a lot out of the breathing, if they're, their hand motion is is raising and pulling power to their body and they don't even realize they're doing it. They're out waving and they're not shaking and vibrating and doing all kinds of crazy things. They're, they're flowing, they're flowing with the breath. And I, so that person I'll move on from and I'll check somebody else and see how they're going, you know, um, and see what they're doing. But another really good thing to do in any class you teach is listen to the students before the class starts and listen to their conversations amongst each other and what they're saying, and what their fears are, and what they do with their life, and how they act, and I get so much out of that, and that way, when I start talking, most of the classes I go to teach, I don't have any prepared memos, I teach it from what they're giving off, what energy wow. they're giving off, so um, I've, I've taught classes for hours, and people want to copy my notes, and I show them a pack of empty papers, they, you know, I try to make it look like I'm reading notes, but I'm going from experience, so it, it's that's the beginning of body language you know you start listening to people what they're saying ahead of time like you know your students when they're new and they're going in the ice they're giggling they're laughing they gotta take a pee you know it's you know generally the biggest strongest guys making jokes and trying to act cool and you know he's scared to death so you know you take him and you work with him the most and you know give him the power that he's used to having when he's playing football or when he's on the street being a tough guy you know and, and, yeah. and still give him his dues but watch everybody else. So mm. I think I, I can talk nonstop. So I should stop every few minutes and, and let people speak as well. I think, right. No, no, no. I, I love, I love how you're sharing this body language before, like with the moment you basically, the moment they walk in, start reading them so you can work with them better. Is that, is that what you're saying? 
That's totally it. And, and I look at everything about them. I look at their clothes. I look at their mannerisms, their hair. It, you know, it takes a long time, but you start doing it. And, and again, I always use hope. When we're at a coffee shop, we read everybody's body while we're sitting there. It's part of what we do. And we decide what injuries they've had and where they're lacking and where their fear is. And um, like a good example is that I bring forth, you know, I hope she's not mad. She's in the other room, but um, hope dislocated her knee one time. And so now if she doesn't have uh, something covering her shoulders, you can see one shoulder lower than the other, just a hair, but you can see where the body's compensating and, and picking up for that. So if I asked her as a teacher who she's never met and said, do you have a problem with your shoulder? She's going to say no, or do you have a problem with your leg? But I know if I see it, I can work with it and not ask. And so that's the stuff that I go after with people is I try to see what they got going on. Or I was at a shop the other day and the girl waiting on me, was dressed very nicely like a model and, and cute and young and beautiful and all the things and then I looked at her fingers and her nails were chewed down to her cuticles and I was like oh man this you know she's got something that's really troubling her in life I mean the clothes are great and the hair and the makeup but she's got something really bad going on and if I had more time uh, I sometimes broach those issues with total strangers and they usually tell me you know you want to talk about something you have a problem. What's going on in your life? Let's talk about it. Because nobody ever says that to them. People just pass it by and be like, I, I can't deal with it. You know, um, I have a friend who is a Native American woman and her husband also is from uh, Iroquois and or Lakota Sioux. And one time he called me, he said, you have to help my wife. We've been friends for years. I said, what, what can I do for her? He said, something's going on and she won't tell me what it is. And so I chatted with her. And she had had a fender bender in her car near her house on a main street. And she will not go down the street any longer. And where they live in the country, for her to go to the supermarket, she has to go almost 40 minutes out of her way. And he was saying, well, she leaves for the supermarket. And she doesn't come back for an hour, two hours, you know, and he couldn't figure out why. And so I asked her about it. And she said, you know, I don't use this road any longer. I'm afraid of it. And so anyway, the long and short of it was, I said, let's get tea sometime and talk. So I picked up tea, I picked up some food. She hopped in the truck. She said, where are we going? I took her right to that spot and parked. And we sat there off the side of the road in that spot, had tea, watched the cars go by, look at the beautiful day. It's in the woods. And that's all it took to fix it because she had to have somebody take her back to that spot and prove that it was safe. Yeah. And, and that's what people sometimes need. Just a simple wake up, simple somebody to show them. Someone so, to guide them, you know, someone that, that can, yeah, we, we, if you don't mind, let's switch a little from body language to shamanism and then maybe back to body language. Sure. Yeah. What, what is a shaman? I mean, some people know, some people don't, but what is a shaman in your, your opinion? I, I never knew. Um, <laughs> I never knew for a while. I, all my life, um, all my life, I, I was training and all my life, whenever I got into a serious accident or a big problem, nothing would happen. I wouldn't get hurt. I wouldn't get in trouble. And I don't want to go into detail. Some of it was really big. Um, but it would always show me a place. It would always show me another place. Um, if I was unconscious, I could see a place and I could see things and I could understand things. And I'd wake up and nothing was wrong. And the doctors would be like, There's, uh, you're fine. Okay, you know, you're in a terrible car accident, but you're fine. Um, and so I started not understanding it yet, but, you know, in my profession or in my life, I raced motorcycles. I'm a, you know, I climbed trees and did tree work, taking down hundred foot trees, took some tremendous falls, had some crazy wrecks and nothing happened. 
And so then as I went on training in my life and finally met um, Boris, the master I was with for 25 years, and I said, Boris, listen, what's going on? You know, all these things have happened in my life. And, and here I am. And he said, you were born a shaman. You were born to heal. You were born to teach. You were born to stay on this earth because I actually lost my life one time in a car wreck and they brought me back. And uh, so with all this going on, then I finally said, okay. And, and during that period of time when I was unconscious, I had a vision that said, you don't need this power for yourself. You need this power to give to other people and heal other people. And so my business of teaching and working with people and guiding people, whether it's meditation or, or Wim Hof method or whatever, um, I don't take money for it. So that's, you know, a lot of times we get into these debates because some people, that's their business. Yoga teachers, it's their yeah. business to earn money from yoga. It's their business. I have a business that pays my bills. So the other stuff we were taught from the masters, you must give this back. I will teach you, but you must give it back. And so I give it back. And uh, my students, for example, that I had here in my studio teaching kickboxing and boxing for years, and they'd go out and fight in the ring and I wouldn't take their money or their parents' money. And they'd bring me, they'd bring me fruit. They'd bring me homemade hummus and pita. They'd bring me a pizza. I mean, it's, you know, that was the payment. And I said, that's fine. And I said, the biggest payment was seeing their life change. Yeah. And seeing them become young men and women and move on in a productive way. So that that's kind of a basis of it. Um, and then just the healing practice. It sounds pretentious. I don't like to say it that way. But, you know, if you can work with someone who doctors have failed and help them get better, then you're accomplishing so much in your life, you know, that you can change that person's health in their life. So I don't know if that gives you a little bit of an overview of what goes on in my world. Yeah, thank you. That that does that definitely does. You you heal, you you help, and you you do it from your heart without any expecting anything in return. The reward of seeing people become better and grow from it is the reward itself. That's really really beautiful. And now you're Wim Hof instructed, and how do you incorporate the Wim Hof method in your shamanism and your shaman lifestyle and not only for yourself but helping other people like how do how do these two intertwine and yeah if you want to just uh, touch on that as you know from teaching the Wim Hof method it helps people with their fears and helps people with their health like crazy so it was just it was an add-on to me it was like an additional medicine to add to my medicine chest to to have a finish. That's why I said, uh, my, my master, we would train in the winter time with no clothes on and we'd be out doing uh, Kung Fu, Sin Yi and other, and, uh, and Kundalini yoga and things outside in the snow. But we'd be doing it to make energy in our body, to pull energy up from the earth into our hands so we could touch people and, and give them that energy. Um, and we'd go out in the desert with no water, no food and do the same thing and take ourselves beyond what normal people would want to do i guess normal being an open statement but yeah. <laughs> um, beyond what most people would want to do i mean i've never really had anybody when i said hey you want to go out and jump in the ice with us say yeah heck yeah i can't wait let's go you know it's usually usually takes them a little while to figure out that they want to do it but um so the wim hof thing you know you're you're supposed to uh do a bunch of uh, classes a year, official Wim Hof classes, you know? And so I do maybe one or two a year 
because I need to, to keep my accreditation up. But really, um, we're out doing stuff every day with people and showing people this method and guiding them. And I, I like to feel like if I'm not taking their money, then I'm not, you know, uh, cheating the system per se, you know, because I know it's a, it's some, somewhat of a business and uh, we want to keep it that way. And, it, and the growth of it is incredible, you know, and luckily in the class I was in, Wim was there for all our classes. So we really got hands on with him. It was great. And, Thank uh, you so much. You, you you mentioned, sorry for interrupting, you mentioned we, we all love the Wim Hof method because it involves the coal and the ice and these hiking the mountains in the blizzard and, and meaning Wim and having all of this. But we also know that Wim ran in the desert without any water, a marathon. And you uh -huh. just mentioned something about going out into the desert without any water or food. I mean, that's... That's something, yeah, if you want, like to share that because it's it does relate to what we do is the extremes. Want to touch For on sure. that a little? So, yeah, so if you, uh, as an example, let's say we went out into the yard in the wintertime with no clothes and we practiced uh, some yoga stances and, and movements and feelings. If we already knew those movements from, from in the house, being warm and comfortable and how they made our body feel and how they made our mind feel and our skin and our fingers and our hands, that's one thing. And then we go out and do it in the cold and we start having a new feeling. We understand how that feels to our body, which kind of takes us to another place in your mind, in your health and your feelings. So the same thing goes for the extreme heat. You take yourself and all of a sudden, the, the feelings from in the house, the feelings from in the ice, you're doing the same movements, you're doing the same breath, but something different is happening in your body. And you have a new experience in your body for that. And wow. it opens up channels that you would never ever open up living your life, you know, nine to five, you know, going to work, coming home, going to bed. You're taking yourself places that someone else may also go. And so then when someone comes to you with a problem or a fear or an illness, you have a better take on what they might possibly be feeling in their life or in their body and understand them better. So um, in order to understand people more and deepen our own knowledge, we have to try every extreme there is, you know, you like when you read about Navy SEALs with their extreme training, they actually drown, they drown each other so that they can feel what drowning feels like. And then they bring them back, you know, and, this stuff that we're doing now with the breathing and the breath work, there's so many different combinations that you can help people with. And you can go back as far as 2000 years and find written literature on, uh, they call him the yellow emperor. He had medical books and he wrote about breathing, healing the body 2000 years ago. And just now they're starting to admit it. Um, I was teaching Tai Chi at a senior center for seven years and they were all scholarly people I was teaching they're in the retirement and uh they kept asking me can you, you can tai chi heal this can tai chi this can, and i tell him yes 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 and finally one day two years ago maybe one of them came in he said look harvard just said tai chi is healing the body so it must work you know and i said yeah well they've been saying that for 1500 years <laughs> so you know that that's kind of how we expand it around and move it around no thank you for sharing that and what what i'm gathering is that if we empathize with people, whether they're in the really hot temperature or the really cold temperature, or whether we're Navy SEAL and we drown someone and we, we get to feel that feeling, we can read their body language a little more because we know that feeling. 
Does, does that yes. make sense? Total sense. So, so you can read their body language in that sense. And, you know, we also start watching, watching very closely, like I was saying about how folks are breathing, you know, in your class and in your daily life. You know, if you're talking to someone and they're favoring a side of their body, they're leaning one way, leaning another way, you know, you start looking and trying to see what is going on with this person. Because if you ask that person again, they're going to say, I'm fine. But when you really get down to it, they have something that's not quite fine and they want to have a way to fix it. But it's like when you make a doctor's appointment and as soon as you get there and the doctor says, what's wrong? What do you say? Nothing. I'm fine. You know, but you made an appointment, but you know, now all of a sudden everything's fine. So, you, you know, you try to get past that, that guard, that barrier that everybody has. And um, we talk about lying, you know, people think lying, lying is a bad thing. People use lies for many, many reasons, you know, and one of them is to cover up, one of them is to hide, one of them is to be mean, one is to be, you know, there's all different lies. So you have to understand, not take offense when someone says there's nothing wrong. They're not doing it intentionally. It's a, it's a protective practice for them, you know, so you try to get beyond that. So um, what I put together was something I call words to provoke an emotion. And as I'm talking to someone, if I cannot get them to tell me what's wrong, I try to make them angry and get them to say something finally you know and it's it's a tough one sometimes you know you you talk to them and you try to feel what could make this person angry because a lot of times people i'm talking to i don't even know and i have to feel where they're coming from but once i can provoke them i can get them to talk you know even if they say you know um you're an a-hole you're this you're that you know and i'm like yeah tell me more tell me more <laughs> where are you coming from where's your anger coming from because right, right. the anger is not coming from what i said to him the anger is coming from deep inside Okay. And then we can find it and work with it. No, thank you for sharing that. I mean, this is about body language, right? And uh, I have one question before we open it up for everyone else. Sure. If, if there's a new instructor who's listening to this and he doesn't know much about body language, he, he just wants to know the material and make sure he can conduct a nice experience for the fundamentals for his group. What what really important basics would you say, hey, you really should, you should really get this in your mind and your body for reading body language? What, what, would you, what would you share with this person who is brand new to being an instructor, never facilitated anything in their lives before, and they need to know some body language cues that you find important in how they should respond? Uh, I think general demeanor of the people when they get there that I would listen to all my students again when they get there and see what they're talking about because most people admit uh, what's wrong with them or what what illness they have to other people they won't tell the teacher but when they're chatting with the other people in the room they're going to tell them so I listen to that I try to watch them as they sit and see if they're encumbered in some way if they have a sore joint a sore this a sore that um, I look for twitching in the eyes, um, this with the hands all the time, very nervous and very, you know, uh, trying to figure that out and, and really just try to read them. I mean, if we had lots and lots more time, you know, later on, or we can come back to it. Um, we use colors in healing a lot too, and ask people to give them a, a box of colored crayons and ask them to draw you a picture. Um, and if you follow the chakras, they're going to use chakra colors and you're going to see what's weak and what's strong. But that's a whole different line of, line of questioning here. But um, for a new instructor, it's really just be on top of your game. Watch these people, how they're how they're breathing and listen to them. Listen to their breath. 
and watch their motions. That would be my first cues for them. Thank you. That's that's definitely good advice. And I, I'm sure anyone who's listening, whether they're veteran or new, I think that's it's awesome just to remind us that it's not just a workshop and experience, but a place to analyze from the beginning to end how people are feeling and listening to those cues. So yeah, our microphones or our screens and everything, the ice is all important, but I think this is definitely something that we should be aware of before the ice, before the HDMI that connects to the big screen, right? So that's amazing. Right, right. And the uh, last thing about that, you know, remember too, that some people are coming to the Wim Hof classes to say they did an ice bath and okay. they'll never be back again. And some people are coming there to heal and to learn. And if you can figure out who's who, of course, you'll know the next time you have a class or a get together who's there and who's not, you know? So I have people that have been doing with me for years and I have other people that come one time and they, Hey, we did it, you know, and that's the last you see them. Yeah. So, you know, you got to figure out who's there for what. Yeah. And that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for, for, yeah, having this this talk about body language and what you've been doing as far as your shamanism and your spiritual life. I, would love, I really would like to open this up for everyone in here. We have Pablo, Ricardo, Ricardo, Bernard, Jan, Odin, Don, and also everyone who's listening to the recording. So your questions out there to Mark, Isaiah, regarding body language, anything would be really appreciated, not only in this chat right now, but anyone who's listening to the recording. So the stage is for anyone right. who wants to ask questions. Okay, well, I've got a comment that I think will lead to a question. But um, Mark, this has been great because you've given me a a, um, a perspective that uh, slightly different angle to look at my classes and and how I do them. And I've said this before on these pod these podcasts uh, that you know if if you do the breathing, whether you want it to or not, I mean physiologically things are going to happen that are going to help your body be stay healthy and become healthy and i think the, the the real absolute power of the method is in the mindset and you know you talked about how people say yeah i'm fine and you know i the perspective you gave me is that i'm teaching others how to heal themselves but not just their body but also their mind what's hurting them what emotional and you know I, I talk a lot about you know the quieting the, the subconscious mind and uh, just how they can they can use the method as a portal into the mind and healing themselves using the mind i'd i'd really like to uh, connect with you later at some point because you, you've raised a lot of things that, that make me question that i'm missing opportunities and how I, I reach out to my students no, I'd love to. Any, anytime you want to contact me, it's great. I'm open all the time. Um, working for myself, I've got a really flexible schedule. And the part that you said about the about the meditation and and quieting, every every answer you want in life. This is is a big coverage, but every answer you want in life is available. And uh, if you quiet yourself enough and you listen, you'll get an answer to whatever question you ask. So um, it's getting a lot deeper. I mean, that's where you get into the astral meditation, but it, all the answers are there and you can find them. You just have to listen. Like Wim says, listen to your body. It's very important to listen to your body. And we've had people get out of the ice because I tell them ahead of time, there's no expectations. There's no finger, finger 
pointing. If you don't feel comfortable, get out. And we've had people get out. And the next time they came, they sat for five minutes. So it's that moment in time. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I, I, I feel like I'm kind of heading down that path, but I still got a ways, quite a ways to go. But I love helping get getting others started on the path as well. Well, we're all teachers and we're all students until the day we die. So, you know, I learn stuff every day and everybody else should. Once you close yourself off to learning, you know, you're done. It's it's like a guy gets a black belt and he's like, I'm done. I'm like, I told one guy, so you just opened the first door getting a black belt. You know, you just started basic training. Great. Well, thanks. All right, Don. Thank you, Don. I mean, we we all we all definitely understand and respect the whole body language idea, but there's so much more out there, right? There's, like you said, the way their eyes or where they're where they're looking while they're speaking. I I could definitely ask a few more questions, but I want to keep this open for anyone else, like Odin or Benad, anyone who wants to share a comment as well to to pick pick Mark's brain because. When you have the human being live and living or digital color, we can get the questions answered and also help other people who have the same exact question. Yeah. Well, Jan, you look like you have questions all over your face. What do you got? Ricardo? <laughs> yeah. Hi, Mark. Thank, thanks for, for, for that knowledge. It's very, very interesting. One thing that I, I'm wondering here is... Um, you are you are talking about some kind of connection that you need to have with the with your students and with the people that go to your workshops and whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I wonder if uh, that kind of connection that sometimes it can go too deep for the time that we have to spend with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we go for a workshop of five or six hours or seven hours, mm -hmm. if we take them you know, too deep in their feelings and everything. We can left them in a not so good situation, not so good position, because we are not there to bring them up and help them to see things different way. Good and uh, sometimes I wonder if, if it's good or not to go that, that uh, deepness, or if uh, maybe it's not for a workshop of five or six hours, but it's for a workshop of two or three days. In that case, it's different. It is, it is, uh, Ricardo, you know, and we've had people in, in class that got up out of the ice water and burst into tears and sobbing and crying and had a really big release. And we've had people burst into laughter as well. And it, I, that kind of release I like, but you're right. I've had people who left and I kind of felt like they were lacking something. And yeah. I always try to reach out to them later and either text them or email or contact them and, and say how, you know, of course, how you doing? And they're fine. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, try to try to address it and and say, you know, we're here if you need us, you know, day or night, you know, call me, contact me, you know, we'll, we'll get together or come again and meet us on Sunday and do the thing. So, yeah, you're definitely you're definitely getting a good feeling that way, you know, that you're 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 trying to understand your people and what they need in a short period of time. Yeah. Because because now I'm feeling in this last workshops that, uh, you know, after the experience of the breathing and the cold exposure, the best moments are the sharing moments, yes. the moments that everybody's sharing. So, but but then again, if you if you give time for them to release everything, to talk about everything, 
Then the workshop will be not four or five or six hours, but will be easily seven or eight hours. So, <laughs> so that's the point yeah. that the, I, that's one of the things that I'm really trying to manage here because I want to give them that space. But at the same time, I know that that space can go too deep and then we will finish and they go home. And sometimes we don't have that kind of connection. So I'm here in the middle of this bridge. Yeah, yeah. I think I think reconnecting or reaching out to these people again. If So if you had a class of 10 people and you had that feeling about one or two, it's not too difficult to yeah. try to reach out to them again um, mm -hmm. and get them back you know, and, and see if you can help them further or, you know, it, it depends on how deep you want to get with your people. Um, yeah. You know, take a walk, you tell them, Hey, I'm, I'm getting together in the park and going to take a walk. Let's get a cup of tea and take a walk. Um, if you have that kind of time and, and reconnect with them and see if you can, you know, keep them healthy and keep them happy and, and find out what's really, really troubling them. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Ricardo. Great question and great answer. I appreciate that, Mark. The yeah, this is uh, something we're all can relate to. I mean, Ricardo, that's it's a great point. What what do we do? Mm -hmm. I mean, do we want people to have a cathartic moment, right? That's sometimes our hope, or just to have a good time. But what if it's yeah? That's a really good question. I hope uh, people can take that home with them. Yeah, yeah, because you know. We in some in a few in a few hours we we can um, we can go to a space where this kind these people never never been before. So it's kind of kind of a new world that they are discovering, and I really feel sometimes that they need some support to understand it, or or even just to be around and just empathize with them and just. Okay, let's talk about it. What, what did that mean to you? Yeah. What's the, the, what the meaning that you are giving to that experience and so and so and so. Otherwise, the risk is big that they go to places that are not so, so powerful and so and so and so, so brightly. Well, yeah, the cold is a powerful place to be uh, without guidance and without someone to you know, help you with your ideas. We like to... Um, when we're doing something extend, not extended, but when we're out for a few hours, even on a Sunday, um, unless it's really, really cold and people want to get going, um, we'll talk before and we'll talk after and yeah. try and let people, you know, whether it's a bad joke or a story about their life or whatever it is, you know, let them speak and let them get something off their chest. And, uh, and we find that that helps a lot with, with getting with these people. Yeah. But that's a great idea. I'm going to think more about that because that's a great question, man. I'd like that. Um, yeah. We have to pursue it further. What, what I'm feeling is when we program at the beginning, mm -hmm. right, with, the, with our words and everything, um, usually they, they take our suggestion, mainly when they are with their eyes, eyes closed. So they take our suggestion. So we must be very careful where, where, where we we take them in order for them, okay, they experience something, but maybe it's good, don't, do, we don't go so deep in the first or in the second experience, just for them to first be comfortable with the idea of going to a place that I've never been before, and then go a little bit deeper. And, and maybe in more than one uh, workshop, like in one or two days, 
they have time to realize what's happening and we have time to also support them to make that uh, that travel that uh, that insights yeah no that's that's right on man i like that um like we had some people come a week week ago or two weeks ago to watch and I, they want to go right in and i said no a couple of young ladies and i said no you can come and you can sit on the side of the river and listen to us talk listen to us breathe watch what we're doing and see what you think instead of just diving right in like that and so then last week when they were supposed to come back, we never heard from them again. So um, <laughs> I think they saw what they wanted to see. But yeah, one thing I want to say before we get off too is remember too, when you're going into a class, whether it's Wim Hof, yoga, Tai Chi, whatever it is, how you present yourself and what you say when you get there and how you talk to the people. I've seen so many teachers in so many different environments come in mad or angry or that you know it's raining out this is a terrible day and i'm thinking how are you going to represent yourself to your students like this they're coming here to get fixed not to get broken you know and i tell them you know it's a rainy day you know our bodies are made up 65 percent water the earth 70 percent water what are you saying we need this water you know like make it right make it a good day but how you dress and how you act and how you carry yourself is what your students are going to see and of course not out of a room of 20 people, you might have 15 that like you and five that, that never will see you again because they didn't care for you, but that's okay. Some teachers take that personally. It's not personal. Certain teachers for certain people, you know? So um, I just wanted to get that in there because I see so many teachers walk in and start complaining about the weather, the news, the politics, whatever. That's not what you're supposed to be doing there. You know, it's a different, it's a healing place. Absolutely. We're, we're supposed to be leaders trying to, guide and experience and yeah i really appreciate you saying that because i think we all get into those ruts right you know we we all are not happy about the rain I, maybe some people are but there are moments where people are not but this is i don't want to call it showtime like we're actors but we are performing for a positive moment so we are authentically giving ourselves but um, performing and i use that word consciously because we're trying to say, hey, yes, I'm not really happy about the rain or I'm not happy about, let's say, get, not getting a job, whatever the situation is. But right now we're here for them. We're here to serve. Right. And right. I think that's the, the conscious. Thank you so much for sharing that because, like I said, whether they're a new instructor or a veteran instructor, I want it's just good to be reminded of that. The other question I had for you before... Uh, we finish off and of course we have room for one more question. Where can, yeah, what information or where would you guide someone to say, hey, this is how I would recommend learning more about body language, whether it's someone that you admire that you, they could find out more information about. Uh, for me, for example, I, I read a lot of from this gentleman named Navarro. I can't remember his first name right now, but I really, really liked his books and his information about body language. But what about you? Who would you recommend because this is you, what you really honed in on and love to, to analyze. Well, we read all of Castaneda, read Gustav Merink, Ospensky, um, guys like that who are into more of a philosophical side of life. But they also, again, they don't come out and say this is body language. But when they're speaking about the groups, and these are people who actually existed and actually taught other groups in Europe and the United States, they understood what people needed and you can you can hear in their words you may have to read the book four times but uh if you're actually just jumping in to find something there's a, a martial arts system called china 
and it's joint locks and manipulations. And that's body language right there. You're holding onto someone's wrist, you're holding their arm, you're holding the shoulder. You're looking for muscle movement. You're looking for blood pressure. You're looking for different things. That's body language too. You know, how like a jujitsu guy would do that, I'm sure. And the same, uh, you know, you find body language that way, but really it's more of taking the time to watch people and how they act. You know, again, when you're at a coffee shop, a restaurant, out in public, watch people and try to understand them. It's funny. I never realized I did it, but I have three kids and all three of them are like, Hey dad, that guy was in prison. Hey dad, that guy's got a broken leg. Hey, you know, I'm like, where'd you get that? Like from you, you know? And I'm like, well, right. sorry, but you know, it works for them too. They read people like crazy. So yeah. that helps. Great. Then thank you. Thank you. We have room for one more question before we close off and thank our friend for being here with us today. Anyone want to talk about anything? Hey, Gabina, we have Gabina in the house. Mark, I might ask you, just talking about body language, if, while you're with the students and during the breathing, I mean, you're, you're teaching them, it's the first round, they're just, you know, trying to get, understand the diaphragm and deep breaths and what we mean. What what are the, the telltale signs you look for from a body language perspective that they're, they're you mentioned some earlier, but that they're getting it or they're struggling. I look at calmness. I look for calmness. Um, you start seeing the people who kind of sink back and sink down and getting comfortable. Um, a couple of the guys that I work with, you'll see them moving their hands and pulling energy into their body. They're feeling it. They're not frantic. They're not petrified. They're being very comfortable and allowing it to happen. And I like to see stuff like that. Um, on that same uh, idea, when, I, when they go in the water, we usually go in like on a Sunday, we'll go in with a group all together at once, six people, 10, 15 people. And I still keep an eye on the whole group and I watch the breathing and we don't get out until everybody's breathing is calm and controlled. So they've taken control of their body with the exception of somebody who's not going to get controlled and they need to get out right now. But the rest of the group, we sit and, we, and I watch every one of them. So um, I look for that. I look for just gentleness in their body. And I try to get them to sink into the earth if we're sitting on the ground and relax, listen to the birds, listen to the water and, and start clearing their mind. And then you can start seeing them. They just totally, totally relax. Their jaw relaxes, their shoulders drop, their fists unclench, and then they're comfortable. So I move on from that person and, and try to keep an eye on the other people. Thanks. Amazing. We have a question from Pablo here. What would you do? If you see somebody fidgeting during the breathing, great, great question. Um, I'm not sure if I spelled it correctly. Yes. Hi, Mark. Nice Hi. to meet you and thank you. you as well. Yeah, um, I had a lady and she was like all the time moving. She was so like nervous. And she told me she finds like anything like meditation, breathwork, extremely difficult. She smashed the ice bath. She was like, but she was the type, I think type A, you know, mm -hmm. and she was really fidgeting. And I wonder if, <laughs> if you have something what to do. Some, sometime with people like that, I actually touch them. I put my hand on them so that they know I'm speaking to them because the rest of the group has their eyes closed. And I'll say deep, deep into the diaphragm, deep into the belly, make a big belly, let it float out. And I'll work with them. And as I'm saying that, you know, I'll touch them just gently so they know I'm speaking to them. And I also feel like when I'm doing that, I try to pull energy up through my feet, through my legs and out through my fingers to let them feel that energy as well, that calm energy. So um, fidgety people, a lot of people are fighting it. They don't want to go, you know, it's like if you tell someone, 
I'm going to teach you meditation and they look for meditation. They're never going to meditate, not in their whole life. You know, if you say I can give you the steps and you practice every day and don't look for it. And one day, boom, there it is. They're floating, you know? So um, I think it's just how you address sometimes the words, you know, your words uh, have a vibrations to them that your body picks up, you know? And I try to get people to not use certain words in their life. You know, like if I said, I hate you, you know, it, it causes me to get ill because the vibrations throw off my system and they don't feel it. They don't get it. So you try to stop yourself from doing things like that, that vibrate negatively. Um, I try to get everybody to say OM before they begin and OM when they end so that they neutralize their vibrations a little bit. Um, just small old school tips that work still, you know, it's, it's the thing. Um, and we work with a lot of stuff like that here at home. You know, if, if we're out of balance, you get a tuning fork and run it down the body and get the vibrations back normal. And, you know, I try to work with people, but that's the thing you're going to see. Uh, there's always going to be a fidgeter. Um, when I was in martial arts class as a kid, you know, you picked your toes, you messed with your toes, your toenails, you got a piece of bamboo across the back. It was old school martial arts. So, you know, you learn after a while, there's going to be fidgeters and stop fidgeting. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Francesco, you're muted. Thank you so much. I was on a rant there about how much, how grateful <laughs> I am. No, seriously, thank you so much for, for being here, for sharing, for opening up your, your life, your time, and also giving us these tips, whether we knew some of them or not, the reminder is powerful. And the body language is something that we can, we can practice on a daily basis anywhere we are, right? Whether yes. we're walking to the supermarket or we take a break while we're, this is really, really impressive and also great to know. But for your time and for your care, for everyone who had a question, everyone who joined us, this has been an amazing, amazing experience. For, for, with that being said, I, I always tell everyone, please, to unmute themselves because I want you to get your right hand and your left hand and then bang them together <laughs> because you really rocked it, man. You really rocked it, and we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, you know, I, and I, I'll leave you with this. Most of the stuff that you teach people and show them is things they already just forgot. Like you just said, you know, they forgot about things and you have to remind them. We need that. And we need you, man. We need, we needed this experience. And for the new instructors listening to this, for the veterans, whoever out there who's listening to this the instructors world, of course, you know, uh, if you want to find yeah. Mark, you can go on Facebook and you can find him, Mark Isaiah. It's easy to find him as a Wim Hof instructor. And yeah, just know that we cannot thank you enough. And next week, we're going to be having Flo Florian from Belgium. And he's going to be sharing his topic, which is going to be focused on vulnerability and the power of vulnerability when it comes to being an instructor. So come join us next week. And with that being said, Wim Hof Wednesday family, instructors uniting to collaborate and to share wisdom so we could be stronger together. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And until next week, thank you guys. Thank you guys. All. Thanks Pleasure. Francesco. Thank you so much. Keep the good thank work. You. Thank, you. <laughs> thank you. man. Take care guys. And thank you again, Mark. Thank you. Ciao, all Francesco. Of me. Gracias. Okay. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao, Jan. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, Jan. Bye, Pablo. Ciao. Bye,